Psalm 37 verse 23 says this, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. God moment number 14, the Lord leads the way. This is Sean and the Word. Hey, God bless you, man. It is so good to be with you. This is God moment number 14. And when we talk about God moments, we're talking about times within my life that the Lord really showed up in a mighty way. Not every one of these moments are at the best times of my life, to be honest with you. Some of them are real struggles. Moments where the Lord truly steps in and he made a difference to help me and keep me. In this particular uh, podcast, we're going to talk about a really good time and how God totally transformed my life in many ways from this one time. Again, it says in Psalm 37, verse 23, that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Now, some commentators would say that that first he is God delighting in the way of the man, but I, I, I have a hard time grasping that. It's more like he, as in the man, delighteth in God's ways, that Lord orders our steps. And we're happy, we're pleased what God has given us, where God has brought us is more than we what we can imagine. And, and really, we can see that from King David's life. King David had, is the one who penned this, and he had gone through a lot in his life. He had encountered much difficulty and much trouble, but he trusted God in all of his ways, and he leaned on God in all of his issues. David knew the Lord was leading him and guiding him to the places he needed to be. This understanding of God directing people was widely held by most everyone in King David's day. You remember that time when David and his mighty men were fleeing Saul and they were in the wilderness of Engedi? They were hiding in the caves and trying to keep out of sight from Saul and all of his army of men. Then all of a sudden, while they were in that cave, Saul had walked into the very place where David and his men were and began to relieve himself. Listen to what David's men said to David at that time. In 1 Samuel chapter 24, verse 4, it says, The men of David said to him, Behold, this is the day which the Lord said to you. Behold, I am about to give your enemy into your hand, and you shall do to him as it seems good to you. They just knew that God had directed David's steps to this very place where he could kill Saul. Of course, you know the story and how David did at first believe that and how he went down and he cut the hem off of the garment of Saul. However, moments later, his heart was struck deep within with pain and sorrow. He went and he repented before Saul and he asked Saul to forgive him for raising his hand up against the Lord's anointing. <laughs> David was fully aware of God's leading, his steps, but was also made aware that God does not lead you to a place of sin or to do things in your own power, or your own strength. You see, David was not going to take his place as the king of Israel by his own will by his own power or by his own strength. Even though the Lord had called him to be king, 
and brought him to that place where he could have acted in his own flesh to kill Saul, David had the discernment to do the Lord's will and the Lord's work the Lord's way. He would ask on several occasions, even when it seemed obvious that he would what, what he was supposed to do, he would ask before he did it. He would ask the Lord, is this what you want me to do? Is this where you want me to go? Is this what you would have me to, to be? This is what I believe in part that God is saying about King David when he said that he is a man after his own heart. So this is something that the Lord has really kind of pressed on my heart. So I'm thinking it's possible that when he penned Psalm 23, that David was simply being the shepherd of the sheep, that instead of just bringing those sheep to the places where he thought was a good place, that he learned to sit and pray and ask God to show him where those pastures were, to show him where the water was. Could it be that while David was leading the sheep, that he actually learned the importance of being God's sheep and being led by God? David learned to not do things in haste, but to be led by the shepherd to let the shepherd put him in the places he need to be, to let the shepherd lead his life and to, to guide him to, to the green pastures. We see an example of this in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 8. Uh, David and all of his, his uh, men had to went away on battle, and when they went away on battle, they returned. And then when they returned, all their belongings and their families had been taken. The uh, enemies had came in and destroyed the camp and taken their children and their families and their wives. And the men became very upset. They came upset and they were looking to stone David or were looking to attack David as though it was his fault. David grabbed the ephod and he began to pray. He began to strengthen himself in the Lord. And then in verse 8 of 1 Samuel 30, it says this, David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I pursue this band? Shall I overtake them? And the Lord said to him, pursue, for you will surely overtake them, and you will surely rescue them all. <laughs> David came to God, shall I go? It almost seems natural for you to want to take, take the matters into your own hand. It almost seems natural to want to uh, to, to protect your family and to provide for your family. But David did not allow his emotions and his own desires to override the will of God. David turned to the Lord and said, Lord, is this what you're leading me to do? Is this what you want me to do? And the Bible says that the Lord answered, pursue. You shall pursue. You shall win. That's exactly what you want to hear. This is the way. Walk in it. Hallelujah. In 2008, I had met Lynn, and in December of that year, we had really began talking and becoming real close friends. In January of 2009, her grandfather came to America, and she brought me. he brought me a gift on her behalf, and it was a gift that really blessed me and meant a lot to me. And I really felt that our relationship was taken off of the ground and that we're potentially at the point where we could start dating. We're praying about it, praying about it. And 
When Pastor Smiley returned back to Vietnam, they had arranged a 50-year anniversary ceremony to honor Brother Walter Routh, who was the missionary that led him to the Lord 50 years earlier during the war. That Brother Walter Routh and his family brought the gospel message to Vietnam, and they just simply wanted to have a ceremony honoring Brother Walter Routh, honoring the Lord and celebrating what God was doing as now the churches in Vietnam were allowed to publicly meet. So I heard about this and what was taking place in April 2009, and it was exciting, but I had no plans to be a part of it. Well, one night in February, I was walking and praying in downtown Deland, and the Lord spoke very clearly to my heart a message from Acts chapter 3. A powerful church is a dedicated church. It's a church that's dedicated to prayers, dedicated to people, and is dedicated to preaching. And I went back that after I heard that, and I I studied Acts 3, and I realized, man, that's powerful. Still to this day, I, I remember that those three points that God had given me while I was walking and praying. And I'm telling you, it's a perfect outline to Acts 3, and it's anointed. I, when the Lord gave that message to me, he says, you're going to preach this in Danang. I didn't really understand. I said, Lord, I, I wasn't even planning to go to Danang. I, I don't have anything on my agenda about Danang, and this is crazy. And so the next morning, my friend calls me, Mokshu Home, Pastor Home from Jacksonville. Uh, he's a Vietnamese pastor, and he says, listen, do you know that you're one of the speakers for the 50-year anniversary conference in April? And I said, man, I had no idea. <laughs> called my friend Joel. I got tickets, and I went. I carried that message with me to preach to the churches. The Lord erupted our hearts with great faith and excitement as the churches in Vietnam began to experience this new season of ministry that came from the Lord. And some 13 years later, God is still infringing this new season, a season of revival, a season of building. Hallelujah. That The Lord is only done through a powerful church, that message he gave me. Well, you know, when the Lord's doing one thing, he's actually doing 10,000 things. And yes, I went to that conference to be used by God. But can I tell you that that time and that conference was used by God to help me? Let me give you a list. Number one, watching Lynn. She was my friend at that time. We were just talking. We were not involved at all. But man, after seeing her at that conference, how she led the worship, how she led in these dance, interpretive dances, how she was involved in the cleaning and the serving and in the presentation of the gifts to all those who were being honored in that time. I looked at her and I said, man, if I don't date her, I am a fool. <laughs> of course, you know that she would later become my wife. Hallelujah. So they no fool here. The second thing the Lord did during that time, which is extraordinarily powerful, is I got to meet Brother Walter Rowell. That missionary that led my wife's grandfather to the Lord and several of those other pastors there, I was able to meet him. And don't you know he went to Stetson University, which is in D-Land, Florida, which was a block away from the church that I was serving at. It's right in my hometown where I was born and raised. And he, at that time, lived in Sanford, which was about 20 minutes. He instantly became my mentor. 
He loved on me and helped me, taught me about ministry, taught me about growing with God and walking with God and about prayer. The man was a man of God. And I never got over the awe. Every time I was around him, I was always awestruck. He had just this anointing on him that impacted my life even to this day. The third thing that took place that we never thought would happen. I got to be around these young pastors and these leaders that one day I would return and work with them. See, at that time, I learned behind the scenes who to work with and who not to work with. I learned that, that, that some of these guys are walking in the flesh and then some of these guys are walking by the Spirit and dependent on God. See, when we would go back as missionaries some four years later, that information I learned at that conference was vital in helping us know exactly what the Lord would have us to do. You see, when the Lord's doing one thing, he's doing 10,000 things. And when he's leading the steps of the righteous, truly it is pleasing to him. Not just to the Lord, but to the one who's simply obeying and following and being led. Sometimes we think God brings us to the place for a specific reason for him to use us. But the reality is, once some water's gone under that bridge, we realize that that place helped us more than we could ever help that place. That God took us there for a reason to get us the promises and plans that he had prepared. What if I tell you this? What if God brought you to this place, to this podcast at this time to give you an opportunity to make him Lord of your life? I would simply say surrender. What if God brought you to this podcast at this time to remind you that he what he told you last to do that you need to do it. I want to tell you to stop hesitating and obey. What if God brought you to this podcast at this time to reveal to you what you are doing is not from him and you need to stop and repent? My words to you is flee from it and turn to him. I don't know where you are. I don't know what he's led you to. I don't know what you've been led to. But there's one thing I do know, that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. They're ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. God has led you to this place. God has brought you to this time. And I'm telling you, God is wanting to use it to impact your life for generations to come. He is the one that leads the way. He is the one that gets us to the places that we can get everything we would need for his glory and for the souls of men. Father, we love you. We worship and adore you, God. And we thank you, Lord, that truly even to this day, Lord, you lead the way. You lead the way. Lord, I pray for the ones that you've led to this place. God, they're broken in their sin and their transgressions. And Lord, that one more time they hear that you are a God who saves, a God who forgives. I pray, Lord, that even now they'll surrender. They'll surrender and give their heart to you. Lord, for the one who has simply, you've been telling time and time again, you need to go here, you need to do this, you need to do this. And Lord, they've hesitated. God, I pray that you give them the boldness and the courage to obey. Lord, I pray that even now, Lord, that they would obey. They would run in your ways and know, Lord, that your ways are much better than ours. And for the one, Lord, has been entangled in sin and it's been about doing the things in their own strength, Lord. 
God, I pray that you would remind them today, Lord, that that is not your way. You did not lead them there to repent and turn from it, to run far away from it, Lord, and towards the things of you. God, give them the courage to listen. Give them the courage to obey. We love you, God, and we thank you, Lord. We thank you for leading the way. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Well, I love you, and I pray God continues to bless you real good, and that he blesses you all the way, and we'll see you next time on Sean and the Word.